You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. down. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of The Cannabis Hangout. If you guys have been listening to our episodes from the beginning, you may remember episode 17 where we spoke with Mark and Chelsea about RA, cannabis, and how they can go hand in hand. To put a date on this episode, it was released April 20th of 2020, which is so crazy. Fast forward to now, they've been hard at work for the past few years creating a brand for themselves and some amazing quality flower for our market here in Oklahoma. We are super excited to have them back and get to know more about their grow. So guys, please welcome Mark and Chelsea back to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey guys. Hey. Thanks for having us back. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy days and schedules just to come and chat with us and share with us what you guys have been up to. Um, So let's just start with um, the beginning. Just for those who haven't listened to your previous episode, will you just share like where your cannabis journey kind of began and then we'll dive into more. Sure. Yeah. So I'll start out. Um, So, you know, Speaking for myself, before Chelsea and I met, I've always used cannabis um, as, you know, something that has therapeutic value for me, whether it's just uh, even from a recreational standpoint or from a medical standpoint. Um, You know, and I think like a lot of us started out from a young age, kind of discovering that and playing with it. But as the legal scene and the medical scene became a thing here in Oklahoma, um, it really opened my eyes to all the different medical benefits that the plant has to offer and that there's more to it than just, you know, getting blasted, you know, than just high THC. And I think that to me, you know, when I first got my card and started going around to shops, it was either, you know, really, really high THC stuff only that, you know, didn't really have much character or it was hemp based stuff. If, if you wanted to find stuff that had CBD and it lacked the flavor and it lacked, so much of the stuff that I enjoyed about smoking. And so that really piqued my interest um, into becoming a grower and actually getting to know the plant better. And so what a lot of the listeners probably won't know is that we're, we're pretty new to this. You know, we, we discovered the passion for growing at home about four years ago and that's where we began. And so, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of some giants in this industry who have been awesome mentors to us, but that's kind of been our journey up until this point and kind of what, what led us to the point of wanting to open a business and, and do this for ourselves. Very well said. That's yeah. a great intro on you Nailed guys. It. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would say for me, um, my journey with cannabis started in high school, like a lot of people just mm-hmm. recreationally, but when I met Mark and I was able to see how much it helped him with his rheumatoid arthritis that's when my mind kind of started shifting gears and I was able to see, wow, this plant is so versatile, can help with rheumatoid arthritis, with sleep issues, anxiety, or just to let loose and yeah. enjoy yourself. So, yeah. So how long have you guys been together? 
You guys are recently married. Yeah, so we got married in June of 2021, and we met on Tinder in February of 2019. Amazing. It's nice to hear that it works out for people, some people (laughs) on dating apps, because I know about that, (laughs) and it is, like, so exhausting. So, like, good for you guys. Definitely to find the odds there. Yeah, we, in fact, we... Had both barely been on there and found each other pretty quick. And so that's, so that's cool. awesome. Like, I was on there a couple of days. Wow. And then we had our first day. And then I was like, okay, I'll delete this now. Amazing. <laughs> oh, what's meant for you will never miss you. Yes. I love that. So you guys had a home grow when we last spoke in depth and we're pumping out some amazing flower back then. So I can only imagine what it's like now that you guys have the proper space and tools. Will you share with us a little bit about what made you what made you guys want to get into growing for our community? Yes. So, you know, like I mentioned in the intro, there is a severe lack of really therapeutic flower in our market, even still, that also has all the qualities that people like about top shelf bud, mm-hmm. right? So that was the biggest thing. I think now that we're growing, we we don't grow anybody else's stuff. We don't buy clones from anybody. We hunt everything from seed to find exactly what we're looking for. And so when we select a, a pheno on a strain, we select that specific variety for reasons that make it unique. And typically those reasons include medical factors, right? Okay. Things that either help me with my rheumatoid arthritis or anxiety or but I, but we especially look for things that don't ramp up anxiety because I feel like that can be a big problem for a lot of people with the higher THC things. And so yeah. I think really a big part of our mission and what like made us want to jump into actually being able to offer our flower, offer our flower to others is being able to offer something that's unique, yeah. that's different than what everybody else is putting right. out. Right. You have to stand out somehow, some right. way in this Which market. is so important. Yeah. And people gravitate more towards flower that they can remember for their body without even knowing it right? than anything else. I mean, I know I do. Oh, yeah. You know, it just, I mean, I'm also very picky, but that, you know, it just, when something makes my body feel really good for a little bit longer than it normally would, and I'm yeah. like, I'm all in. Sign yeah. me up. That's a really good point. The duration mm-hmm. is something you brought up. I feel like so many of these cultivars are grown in a way that just promotes maximum THC mm-hmm. and the longevity isn't there. Yeah. And the diversity of effect isn't there. Yeah. Right? And so that's something that we will never select a strain like that. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you saying that because I feel like that is, there's a huge misunderstanding about, oh, high THC. And yeah, it will, it does work right up first and mm-hmm. it, it does its thing, but the longevity So people think of a quick fix versus a long fix. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the misinterpretation is where it high THC is only a short fix. It's not going to be like the long-term fix. Because I remember like there's been some growers I've smoked like 16% THC with like 2% terpenes and that high Mm -hmm. was significantly longer and more – it was more of a full high like I would want, not just mind but body and soul. Um versus some of maybe the more higher THC stuff that I've smoked that I'm like, I almost get like a weird headache after, Mm -hmm. shortly after. And it's like, if I don't smoke, then I'm in this weird, not high, but like uncomfortable headspace, you know? It's just like a, you're in, but you're not in. Right. I think for me, like the numbers you mentioned, 16% with Mm -hmm. 2% terps, like that's, that's always hitters. They're always hitters. Towards that just because it's, it feels more, um, it's not 
focused just on, like mm-hmm. you said, just the mind. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's like holistic. nourishing your body yeah. in different ways, yeah. right. the different terps and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we love to know what sparks people's brand names. Will you tell us a little bit about your brand and the name and where it came from? Sure. Do you want to? Sure. So that's, uh, when we were, I think you would probably tell this better than me, but I think when we were first trying to think of names, we're, we're really into music and especially like the West Coast reggae scene, I guess American reggae scene. Like we like to go see a lot of those bands yeah. like Stick Figure and Reggae and, you know, uh, Stick Figure and Revolution and bands like that. So, um, you know, I first heard the song uh, Golden Hour by Stick Figure and it really just struck me. I love the name of, I love the name Golden Hour. I love the feeling it invokes of like a warm, mm-hmm. um, just peaceful feeling a peaceful time in the day when everything is is just beautiful and golden and Mm -hmm. but I know she has probably more to add I mean that's where it was sparked from the name of that song but just the feeling of golden hour like I love sunset Mm -hmm. I love that time of day where it's like okay everything is taken care of it's time to just relax and And I think yeah and I think that's what we want our flower to do for people it's just Unwind, and yeah. Oklahoma has great sunsets. So exactly. what a what a perfect name! Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and we we also um, had a like kind of a special moment in Golden, Colorado. That was where I first said I love you to her on accident. Actually, <laughs> it was supposed to be like I was planning on it already at Red Rocks. Uh-huh. And this was like dinner before Red Rocks, and somehow it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love Golden, Colorado. So when we were thinking of brand names, like the word golden kept coming to mind. Yeah. And then yeah. when we heard that song, it was just kind of like, okay, this is perfect. That's yeah. cool. It's yeah. I love I love hearing people's signs for how they come up with their company names yeah. or like, because there's a lot, there has to be inspiration behind it. For you sure. don't just like come up with something, you know? So yeah. I love to, yeah. I love to find out. I think I still have the list of like 15 names. Amazing. Never throw that away. No. <laughs> Never yeah. throw that away. <laughs> so we know everyone has their own ways of growing cannabis. Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys grow and what you guys pride yourselves on when it comes to not even growth necessarily but in product and for those who may not know can you give us a brief definition of what living soil is and why what it means to growing cannabis and why it's important absolutely kind of a long question (laughs) yeah so um let me start with the first part of that question um you know, our growing philosophy is to do no harm, first and foremost. I think it's important that what we're doing is uh, not impactful to the environment in a, ba- in a, in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so than that, I'm really concerned with what we're putting in our bodies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all, all of the cannabis that I tried when this start- first became a medical state, um, I noticed a lot of the things we talked about previously, the, the lack of length of duration, flavor that was maybe all the same like a lot of these strains tasted the same as one another even though they were totally different strains and it started to I started to think something was not quite right um one of our early mentors uh I'm gonna give a shout out to Chad from uh Gray Matter Farms okay Chad um I reached out to him when I first uh, got my medical card because his grape stomper that he grew back then was the first thing I tried in Oklahoma that wasn't that just flat yeah. effect. Yeah. That like it melted the pain out of my joints. It was like nothing I'd ever felt. Like hard not to get emotional thinking about it because that was the first like truly medicinal strain yeah. I found. Mm-hmm. And I, I reached out to him and like, 
you know, I know growers are very protective of right. strains mm-hmm. that they've hunted. And I told him how it helped me, and he offered me a cut for my home grow. That's amazing. Wow. Shout out to Chad. What wow. a real one. Chad is a real one for sure. And and he's one of my best friends now. That's Chad, awesome. He has been a, a great mentor for us. He's one of our best friends. He's been, you know, he's been a great mentor for us. And, and his philosophy of living organic soil and sort of the way he almost evangelizes it mm-hmm. really – caught our attention. And so we sort of shifted our strategy very early on towards a living soil setup, very similar to what, what gray matter and hermetic and Mm -hmm. lots of other, you know, organic growers do. And I think for us, you know, like we said, the effect is different when you grow organically. Um, the flavor is the biggest standout. I think for me, you know, you can grow one thing in a salt based with a salt based nutrient and another thing in a true rich living organic soil and most people who are discerning would be able to taste the difference with yeah. a blindfold on and knowing not which is which, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think all of those things sort of pushed us towards an organic way of producing. And I will say that it is not the most profitable way to do it, <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination. But I really, we really feel that the end result is so much better that it's worth it. And it's part of what sets us apart, I hope, and what sets apart other organic growers mm-hmm. is, you know, those things I mentioned and as well as just the intent behind it. Yeah, that's what um, I was about to say, the intent. Yeah. I also feel like it gives, like, unique flavor profiles yes. that I feel like you can smell the difference. Like, what you guys brought in, that is such a unique flavor profile. Yeah. You don't just go into a dispensary and smell that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, when there's all those 50 jars of all the random bud, you don't smell that. They all start to smell the same after like mm-hmm. two different ones. And maybe there's one out of 50 that you're like, okay, well this one, this mm-hmm. one probably stuck, you know? Yeah. Right. They brought us strawberry bubbles, by the way. Yeah. It smells it's so good. So stinky in yeah. like the best way possible. Uh, you're so very excited. <laughs> Truly smells like the name, <laughs> yeah. I think. I can't yeah. wait for y'all to try it. That that one will be out in, uh, we'll have a lot of it dropping in like mid December. Okay. So nice. Be a lot of it coming out. We'll but, be looking forward to yes. that. We'll, so strains and genetics, they can really set people apart when it comes to cannabis. What's been your strategy there? Like how have you guys found um, your phenos and strains? Well, I know we both love to pheno hunt, so we're always doing it. Um, I think Mark's addicted to buying seeds. <laughs> <laughs> so what What do you like, like pheno hunting so much? I just love finding new strains that like, speak to us that we can get excited about Mm -hmm. it's it keeps things exciting um and i'm always amazed like when i first started growing it always made and it still does amazes me how you know six or 12 seeds from the same parents can present in different ways yeah they can look different they can smell different their test results might be different so i think for us it's just it's one of our it's it's something we're passionate about is finding yeah. new things. Yeah. A, a way that we like to describe it sometimes to people who aren't familiar with the way breeding and seed hunting works is that it's just like, you know, your parents can produce four different kids mm-hmm. that all look very different from one another, right? That's phenotypes in cannabis. Yeah. And um, finding that one that it really like stands out from the rest of the siblings is is what we love. And then, you know, we make a mom out of it and, and put it out. Yeah. Um, one of the things I forgot to touch on with our style of growing and, and the way we do things. So we, a lot of people, you know, lease a building 
and th- throw a hundred lights in there and go to town. Mm-hmm. When we started a little over a year ago, we put most of our money up front into purchasing that building. Amazing. Um, and started out really small with only like six or eight big LEDs, right? And, yeah. and our first our first harvest was like two pounds, you know, super small. Yeah. But keep building it and growing each time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our philosophy. And I think it's important to keep that sustainable growth, mm-hmm. slow growth, uh-huh. to keep the quality, especially with organics. It's mm-hmm. really difficult to scale exponentially and keep the quality good. So that's one part of our philosophy that I forgot to mention is staying small. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. I think it's important that you hit on that because uh, there's a lot of people that have the misconception of getting into cannabis and then you pump out, you know, bud in X, Y, and Z, and then you make all this money back when really that's not how it works. And it, it that's not necessarily just in Oklahoma. I feel like that's kind of everywhere. And so I think it's important that you hit on the fact that slow growth is important because it is. And that's how you, it, I mean, it's, it's a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint and people can tell when you're sprinting because the quality is way low. And then that's the standard you set for yourself. That's very true. I'm sorry. I went on a tangent there. I had one more thing I wanted to mention about the pheno hunting or yeah. the, you know, that you asked about. So she said, we love pheno hunting um, because we love finding those new varieties. I think just the one thing I would add to that is that um, everybody in the state, for the most part, they're of course, exceptional growers who set themselves apart and hunt their own gear. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of growers in this state are just going to a a clone nursery, buying thousands of clones and throwing them in there and growing them in the same way that everybody else is growing them. And then what you have is hundreds of pounds sitting in storage rooms that they can't, that they can't move even for, Mm -hmm. you know, $1,200 or a thousand dollars a pound because they're not setting it apart. It's exactly the same. And that's something we strive to never do because there's just no point. There's enough of that. Yeah. I, yeah. There's an oversaturation of that. Yeah. I feel it's like. cool that you guys under have a good understanding. Yeah. Okay. And it helps that you guys were patients before you actually like officially dove in because I feel like it gives you a whole, almost a whole different perspective. Right. Especially when you had that moment with the grape stomper and as a patient, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the first time in my state. I feel relief from, you know, trying all this cannabis. I think moments like that are so important because it also humbles your future self and yeah. it's good to... And what re- you want to do. Yeah, and, and like, like it's good to doing. remember that feeling and the fact that you still get emotional about it is so important because you're going to do that if you haven't already for somebody else. Yeah. And, and in maybe even a bigger way. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think that's our biggest motivation. I mean, for me it is, mm-hmm. is I, I want patients to try our flower and truly find relief and like when we get messages from patients like that's just it's the best I'm sure I can't imagine what that feeling's like have you guys had any cool stories that people have messaged you in or anything you'd like to share 
So, I mean, there's a bunch, um, a few stand out, but, you know, we had uh, somebody reach out recently who they found our flower at Joe's, our sherb cake. And I guess, so funny thing about sherb cake, Chad from Gray Matter actually grew out our cut of sherb cake that we hunted before we started up. We gave it to him to oh, run. Cool. He called it Prairie Sunset. Okay. It's the same, uh, yeah. the same cut, right? That's our, that's the golden hour cut of sherb cake. Um, so this particular individual reached out and said, like, basically with virtual tears, right? Like, I'm so thankful yeah. that I was able to find this again. I, it was the one thing that gave me relief when Chad was growing it. And now that you guys are up, he stopped growing it. And I, I can finally find it again. Thank you so much. This is our sherb cake, which we chose this specific pheno because, which, by the way, we we found this hunting at home years ago. I okay, we, cool. We had... That one was about to be finished flowering when we first did the yeah. original oh, podcast wow. with you okay, guys. Cool. Because I think I told you that that was my yeah. the one I was most excited about. And we ended up keeping a cut of it. That's awesome. So we've had several messages like that where they say it does X, Y, Z for me or I love it so much. Thank you for this. Like it's, it's never anything super profound, but yeah. it's always so like such a nice thing to hear that it mm-hmm. helps somebody even in a small right. way. Yeah. And just to have somebody take the time out. Like that means a lot to growers Mm -hmm. because so much work and blood, sweat and tears goes into just one harvest. Yeah. So even if just like a couple people let you know how much it helps. It's a good reminder of what you're doing and why Mm -hmm. helps keep me going for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially for growers like us who truly like we, we're not really making much money doing this yet, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that, um, for growers like us, that's we're we're okay with never making a bunch of money doing this because we love doing it so much, right? Yeah. I think that that's important too, and I think that that growers like that stand out in the market as it is. For right sure, now. they I, do, yeah. they do, yeah. and it's an energy thing. You can definitely right. feel it through your flower, through yeah. even the things that you post. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, and if you're in tune with energy, you stand out. yeah, mm-hmm. thanks. We hope people so. feel that's, that. Yeah, we hope we can keep that as we as we grow a little bit, but I don't think we'll ever get big. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of cool. I like that. I like that. I mean, small mom and pop is always like the best. Like, yeah, you know, your hole in the wall restaurant that you love yeah. that you go for 20 years and you're a regular yeah. like people ride hard for things like that. And if you already have a following of patients who like love your flower, there's only more to come. And they know that it's in small batches, but they know that they're they're paying for the and waiting for the quality. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's special and that stands out for sure. When we had our home grow, you know, we were always super excited to show and let our friends try out what we grew. And I think we kind of have that model where we want to replicate, like, the quality that we had at our home grow. Mm -hmm. And just instead of now just letting friends and family try it, now it can be available for everybody everybody in Oklahoma. It's kind of like like a home-cooked meal, Mm -hmm. you know, with – love and care and passion going into every single day. Yeah. The product, the end result has to be better in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You're right. That's awesome. It's just the two of us. So we're the only two people who ever even touch implants from the time they're popped, even to trimming. So mm-hmm. I so feel you- like our quality control is like those are our babies. We're on top yeah, they of are. it. So you guys yeah. are a two man team, and you have nobody yeah, else. Right. That, I feel like that's important to also know because when you look at a grow, there's so much that happens. It's easy to assume there's a lot of hands, yeah. mm-hmm. 
And so I think it's a beautiful thing that it's been you two the entire time because I feel like it adds so much more character and love to the flower and attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's two of you and you have to have eyes on everything and nobody else can come in and infiltrate what this like ecosystem that you've built and your girls yeah. know you. That's right. And it's really only like you're trusting each other. Yeah. You know? And it's not, and to keep it small mm-hmm. and like sacred like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. I know eventually we'll need shines, you know, yeah. a couple yeah. extra hands, yes. but, but being able to do it at the level you are doing mm-hmm. it, you know, yeah. like that is important. And it takes a lot of sacrifice, which I think, it shows in, in the end product because we are having, like, you know, there's things that we have to miss. Like, yeah. there's trips that we want to take that we can't because we have to take care of our plants. And it's like, when plants are well-loved like that and it's very consistent what they're getting, I think it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I I think one thing I'll just add to that with obviously we've driven home the point how small we are and how much we love doing this and (laughs) we're super grateful to be able to do this but like just to give you an idea of just how hands-on we are like we we go and and for plants that are not in beds we lift every pot every day to see like it's not we don't have automatic sensors that tell us when to water yeah we go and like observe the plant lift the pot you know consider all factors mm-hmm. before we give it a feeding or a watering, right? It's not just a one-size-fits-all automatic irrigated. Like, it is truly a labor of love. Like, we're leaf-plucking every day. Like, it is nonstop, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but we love it. So, But I think the fact that we are hand-watering and getting up close and personal with each plant every day, that goes to show, or that, that helps with the quality control. Because yeah. if there's a deficiency in one of those plants, your, your eyes are on it. You will know. Yeah. Right. And you can fix it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the process of elimination like in regards to what you will continue to grow and what you won't? And how do you both select keepers versus the ones that didn't yield how you want? It's harder for me to get rid of. <laughs> I get attached. Yeah, I mean. Like, this is going to be a keeper. <laughs> like our mask mints, my little Christmas yes. tree. It was short and stout and looked like a Christmas tree. And I wanted to keep it so bad. And he's like, No. Any grower <laughs> listening to this will feel this heavy. So you can have a plant that is just perfect all throughout flower. Like the smells coming off it are amazing. Like, you know, this is the one. Like it's got, you know, short spacing between the nodes. Everything is perfect. It's got great vigor. Then you put it through dry and cure and it's got no flavor. Oh, bummer. Right. And that happens more than you think. Really? It's really, I would say, more often than not, the flavor does not translate from the terp. Interesting. And so I would say that's the biggest disqualifying factor for me. Um, I think moving forward, you know, we have several, we have five, four or five keeper high, higher THC strains. We're now hunting hybrids with CBG and CBD in them as Amazing. well. Okay. So really moving forward, we're going to have a lot of selection criteria and we're going to be doing some breeding to try and bring something to market that has the bag appeal, bag appeal and the flavor and the terps of a higher THC strain, mm-hmm. but with maybe, 
you know, four or five percent CBD or CBG. That would be awesome. Yeah. It's going to take some work and some Mm -hmm. selective breeding, but I think moving forward, that's going to be a big part of our selection criteria. Okay. So with that being said, has there been certain terpenes or cannabinoids that you guys have wanted or chosen to focus on, or is it more so like the phenos and flavors that you're in search of? That's a, it's a combination for sure. But so with what we have out right now, with what we've selected, um, like the sherb cake is one example. It has linalool as the top terpene. Okay. And right under that is beta caryophylline or caryophylline, mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. you want to say it right. And that's those two together are like just Unreal. ultra Magical. calming, yes. right? Just so, and it's like, the, but it's our sherb cake example is only 20% THC. Okay. It's not super high, yeah. but the terps, it's just the most relaxing combination. Yeah. It's incredible. And so I think for me, she really loves those terps too. Yeah. I know she really likes limonene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, any any strain I've ever smoked that has like that orange citrus is always uplifting, but not anxiety inducing. So like the strawberry bubbles. Yeah. yeah. I get that from, from that one and I love that one. Okay. But I think flavor is number one for me. Okay, okay. I think that's the hardest thing to get when you pheno hunt. I think so many people don't know how to select for flavor or just are not patient enough to wait for the end result yes. before selecting their keepers. Okay, yeah. Mm. So I think that's the that's biggest one is flavor. And yeah, it's a flavor. long process because, like, you know, if you're running six phenos and there's a couple that fit what you think is your criteria, the structure's good, whatnot, you – still don't know how they're going to test. Mm-hmm. You still don't know what terps are going to have until you pay to have them tested, which is also super expensive. So it's kind of like, yeah. it's, it's a long process for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can do you agree imagine. with that. I do agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It is a super long process. Yeah. And now, you know, with metric in place, everything has to be tracked so mm-hmm. closely that it, it, it adds administrative overhead as well. And it's just like the more plants you have in testing, the more difficult it gets at harvest time to figure out what we do with all this test flower that's not a full batch, right? Yeah. And so now that metric is in place, you have to be very careful about, mm-hmm. about what, you know, what flower goes where. And so that adds complexity to the process as well. So, okay. And I have one more thing to add on the, yeah. the hunting. So um, our last round, we did a little pheno hunt and we didn't think there were any keepers. Um, nothing stood out. We always want to compare it to our best of what we have right now. So if nothing is better than what we have right now, we're not going to use space for that. Yeah. So um, we tossed all the clones of our uh, the pheno hunt plants because we thought we're not keeping any of these. And then dried and smoked some of toffee, right? It was toffee? Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> It was GMO crossed with fro- oh, my uh, fro- favorite. Froyo and biscotti. It was not, mm. when we harvested it and like indolate flower, it, it was not pretty. Like it, we were yeah. like, this doesn't have a bag of pill. People want to buy this, but after it dried and cured, it was beautiful and Ooh, smoked dead. great. Smoked great, but we tossed it. Uh. So we were like, "We'll never get rid of a plant, a clone, until we've f- tried the final product." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good lesson learned for sure. And we it's are, good that it's yeah. uh, it's unfortunate it happened, but it's good that it happened early on. Yeah, versus later on when yeah. you guys are like you're system is actually like set in stone because right. I feel like it's still being curated a little bit big time yeah, yeah. we're still figuring out our process yeah. you know we've gone in a year we've gone from four lights to 18 so you know that's a big 
that's still tiny, 18. I mean, length. that's still a pretty big jump, though, from four right. to 18. I mean, so our, we're all in one big room still, you know. So we have lots of mm-hmm. lots of upgrades and improvements and changes coming. But the way that we do things, I think, will largely stay the same for a while, just with process improvements, yeah. trying to improve our efficiency and, and our quality. That's but, important. Yeah. That's always yeah. important. So it's super cool to see you both work side by side with so much grace and pride, not just towards one another, but also – with your passion for the plant, what's been the greatest thing about building a cannabis company as a unit? Oh gosh. Um, it's amazing to get to work with your best friend and your partner every day. Like, I'm sure you yeah. guys get it. You mm-hmm. get to work with your best friend. It's awesome. Um, I think we we are both, this is, it's like a, a child to us. Um, yeah. I think it, it does come with challenges because, like, if there are mistakes or failures, we both feel them so heavy. It's not like if I just owned the business or he did, we could come to one another for, hey, it's going to be okay. Like, we're both so immersed. So I think we have to kind of rely on each other to make sure we're getting things right. Yeah. And also just to kind of balance each other out when when things do get hard. Um, yeah. What would you say? So I think, you know, a lot of couples say, like, I'll never work with my wife, never (laughs) work with my husband, or I'll never do that again, right? Uh, There has not been one moment where I've thought that. Like, it's 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 really great. Like she said, getting to work with your best friend. And especially when we have everything, both of us have everything vested in the success Mm -hmm. of this business. It I feel like it brings us closer as a couple. Um, you know, this is one just giant goal that we've, that we've sort of crushed together. Like we're in the early stages, but I, when this was just a dream, like Mm -hmm. I really thought there was no way that this would ever truly happen. Like I saw so many people trying and things going wrong and not working and everything just fell into place. And I think just having each other as like the second part, the second half of this Mm -hmm. just really helps because our, our foundation is is solid to begin with. Yeah. And I think that, the, you know, running the business together definitely presents challenges that, that make us stronger in the long run. For yeah. Sure. And I will say like having Mark be my mentor and teach me, um, it gives me like a new respect for him just as yeah. a, as a person. It, yeah. It's like, attractive. It's, it's very attractive, attractive to be yeah. able to be taught, you know, stuff right. like on a different levels all the time. Just how patient he is yeah. with me and how much he likes to teach me and share with me it, it definitely brings us closer. That's dope. Yeah, when people say <laughs> don't sweet. don't do stuff with your best friend. I mean, that's crazy. Me and Brandon have been doing it for three years, and <laughs> yeah. we th- like it's crazy because she'll be saying something, and I'll be thinking it. And I'm like, get out of my head, you weirdo. <laughs> that's the way it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Chelsea, being a woman in the cannabis industry can come with its own set of challenges. Do you find that you faced any in your time being immersed in the industry, and if so, how did you overcome those challenges? I. I have not faced any challenges thus far. I will say, though, um, it is one of my goals to, like, get out and network more. Right now, with the way we're operating, like, yeah. my time is spent yes. just with you. the plans. Yeah. And so, um, so far, I haven't faced any any issues in that regard. That's good. Luckily, I, I that. mean, yeah. I know plenty of people have, and I hate that. So Yeah, that's good. I'm yeah. glad. I think that 
we've been really careful to, to align ourselves yes. with people that right. wouldn't be like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, you surround yourself with. Yeah. Right. We yeah. do have some really good friends in the industry and I, I think that they treat you like an equal part of the unit. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. with kind of that, do you guys, when you go to sell your flower, are you vetting dispensaries oh, to? Yes. For sure. We're, Yeah. Very Pretty picky. picky. <laughs> that's good. That's, and I like to hear that because it that's important because the dispensary is representing you guys. Yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me that you're No, not at all. Like, not if you're doing all. what it, you're doing, like, <laughs> yeah. of course. With how small our batches are, like, we can afford to be. Yeah. We're not, we're not trying to move hundreds of pounds. That's right. right. Yeah. So. We're looking right. at, like, you know, 10-pound batches. Yeah. For, at the size we are right now, 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes, you know, if we can really push the yield and not hurt the quality, we can get up higher than that. You know, people are like, oh, two, three, four pounds per light. And we're like, dude, if we get one pound per light, we're happy because yeah. like we're not compromising the quality. What are they pushing in those plants? A bunch get- of salts. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but, and, and there's all sorts of stuff you can do to increase yield and we'll, we'll focus on that later. That's not yeah. what we're concerned yeah. about. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, good. sorry, I, I got off topic ADHD for you, but <laughs> it's okay. the, the, uh, the dispensaries. So like Joe's herb cabinet, Joe mm-hmm. was the first to ever buy from us. We love his philosophy. We love He's Joe. Joe's awesome. He's we so tell him you'll patients. always be. Our first drop, like, yeah. if we have a harvest and you need flour, we'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Always, Joe. Um, and there's tons of, I don't want to just shout out Joe, but there's too many to shout out. It, I'll say that there are a lot of really good dispensaries, um, but we are very selective. I think we would rather travel, like, for example, we're, after my day job on Friday, we're traveling to Ardmore to deliver to a dispensary there because I met the purchasing manager this past Saturday and just really vibed with him, thought he was a really good yeah. dude. Like he understood our philosophy. Yeah. He does not mind paying a little more for quality product. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of places that interest us. And so, yeah. you know, for, for now, I think we don't have any problem at our volume finding places like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for you guys. Doing it right. Thanks. So getting your feet into the industry is great, especially in Oklahoma, because there is a lot of opportunity, but on the flip side of that, it can definitely be overwhelming with the whole set of daily challenges. What's some advice you have for someone listening that may want to get into the industry but aren't sh- sure like how to push forward to do that? My number one advice would be to find a mentor. Um, I think that has been a game changer for us. We have a couple friends who started doing this before we did, and they've been so gracious with their knowledge and their encouragement. And just having somebody or multiple people who are there or when you make mistakes or for when you just feel yeah. discouraged mm-hmm. to be like, I've been here and it'll get better. Yeah. Um, I think that matters a ton. Yeah. Um, and just finding a way to set yourself apart. Like there's no sense in coming into an oversaturated industry and just bringing more of the same, mm-hmm. like you've got to do something yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. That's re- That's real. That's good. Yeah. So what's your favorite strain that you guys have grown thus far? I know it's hard to pick a favorite child, but maybe let's say for like now. Fresh Biscotti. That's yours? Yeah. Yeah, Fresh Biscotti. So (laughs) Fresh Biscotti is freshwater taffy crossed with Biscotti Sunday. We hunted that around the same time as our sherb cake at home, like three and a half years ago, and we've kept the mom ever since. It's it's really wonderful. I think – my favorite, I'll say the fan favorite has been strawberry bubbles. Okay. Excited. Um, <laughs> even for people that, you know, I consider like some of the, a lot of growers are not into the fruity stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they like the heady, danky stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I know Alex won't mind me telling you this, but Alex from Hermetic mm-hmm. Flower Company, Strawberry Bubbles is one of his absolute favorites, and he loves some real funky shit. So, you know, I think that that one speaks to a lot of people, cool. even the people who like the the kind of gross smell and That's stuff. That's cool. Yeah. We were at Turp Float, and somebody came up to us, and they were like, oh, you're the Strawberry Bubbles people. <laughs> like, hey, sure, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so, Your Halloween costume. Right. <laughs> My my favorite though is one that nobody's tried yet except for a select few. It's and we're running it right now with mm-hmm. strawberry bubbles. The only two strains we're releasing in December. This one doesn't even have a name yet, but it's jealousy crossed with life hack. So if anybody has any ideas for a name, send them their way. Yes, please. Wow. Yeah. So this one is I don't even I haven't know. heard of it's, those two. It's so. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to send you one of our posts so you can okay. see it. It's okay. the most beautiful flower I've ever grown. Wow. Um, since we started, like w- since I started before I knew her, it's just these beautiful bulbous, like purple and silver and light green buds, and like the flavor is like uh, like an Andes mint. Oh. Ooh. It's, I love Andy's mints. I don't love Andy's mints, but I'm intrigued still. <laughs> I promise, like, there's enough nuance to it that you would still love it, even if you don't like Andy's mints. Like, it's mm. it's part of the flavor. It's mm-hmm. what comes out first. Um, and then I can't quite figure. There's maybe something a little floral behind it. I'm not sure. But it's definitely special. some gas as yeah. well. Yeah. It's it's a really, really nice And the one. breeder is amazing. And, like, he's he's from Colorado, and he has just, like, a, like a mom and pop yeah. type. And we always love to support like that because yeah. that's like us so yeah, it's crip crop genetics for anybody wondering cool wow so where do you guys hope to see the oklahoma market grow over the next few months do you want me to take that or you you can this is gonna sound mean <laughs> and it might be but <laughs> i first and foremost want to continue to see the bad players fail yeah yeah Weeding um, themselves out. Yes, yeah. Yeah. exactly. I think, um, you know, there are so many people here doing this for the wrong reasons that just came here to make a quick buck. I'd, I, Good riddance, I say. Yeah. Um, I would I also love to see dispensaries starting to give the good growers the respect they deserve. I know there are some dispensaries that do that already. Very thankful for those. Right. I think, though, that so many people I've seen make the shift from offering quality on their top shelf to getting the cheapest blingy flower they can for Mm -hmm. their top shelf and customers take note. Uh, And so I think for me, I would love to see more dispensaries putting actual high quality, true boutique flower on the shelf and stuff that's unique. Yeah. Yeah. Not not the same cut as everybody else. Right. I think for me, that would be a great way to see the industry evolve. The one other thing I would love to see more genuine collaborations. And I know that, I know that's a difficult thing to do in any industry, but like you see so many collabs start up and then fizzle out because there's bad blood. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I, you know, that we don't have an official collab with anybody, but we collab on the down low with certain people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that those partnerships are really good. And I think the little guys like us and like the people we associate with should continue to band together because the more we talk each other's flower up to dispensaries, mm-hmm. right. The more they're gonna carry yeah. quality stuff, and it's good right. for it's good for everyone. Yeah. So I think, in a nutshell, seeing good growers 
hype up other good growers mm-hmm. is awesome. Yes. I, yeah. I personally love to see it. Like yeah. anytime like we post on Instagram or something and tag a bunch of growers or have a question and like everyone just comes through and like, I, you know, you, you know, certain people have tried other people's flower yeah. and you guys are all good yeah. growers. It's just cool. Cause everyone kind of just, I love, that's that. one of my favorite things to hear is like other growers talk about other growers flower yeah, and like cool. how good it is or how they've, mentored them in a certain way I think it's a beautiful thing because you all are winning in your own way because all of your minds are different your growth your growing methods are different the love you pour is so different your energies you know everything is so different no one grower is the same yeah and so to have two come together and like work to create more beautiful bud like what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that it's so much different than any other industry that like you would be doing this with or having the same mindset as you know what i mean like you guys all grow good quality cannabis plants compared to like i don't know just different kind of industry yeah it's it's so much more it's special it hits different i think it's so important to focus on like community over competition because uh there's room for, I don't want to say everybody, but I think if you have good intentions yeah, um, and you're growing for the right reasons, then, come on, then yeah. there is room for you. Yeah. Right. yeah. You want those people for yeah. sure. Like that's who I want growing my medicine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know we've asked you guys this before, but let's ask again now that you're industry leaders, what's a stigma you would like to see change revolving cannabis? Uh, so this is a stigma I've been fighting my whole life. Um, I've always sort of been, uh, I don't know how to say this without it sounding, I've always sort of been a a high achiever, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm very motivated, extremely focused on, on my goals, always have been that way, but ADHD and cannabis use, uh, basically people like to blame cannabis for things that are actually ADHD, right? Yeah. So that was my issue growing up all along is that, you know, people would criticize me for ADHD type stuff when it, and say that it was because I smoked weed, right? I think that so many people have this lazy stoner mentality mm-hmm. still for anybody who consumes cannabis. And I love to see that that's coming around. Mm-hmm. That stigma, though, for the lazy stoner, I feel like so many of the people in the industry defy that, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially in this state, though, we have a lot of the, like, old head mindset mm-hmm. of, like, people just thinking, oh, this person smokes weed, they're a bad person. Yeah. And I think that so many people in our industry are proving that not to be true, while others are unfortunately reinforcing the stereotype. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see that stigma continue to change. I think yeah. it is changing. Mm-hmm. I think people like... um like Naomi Barrick, it comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Like Barrick Womack. Yeah. Barrick Womack, sorry. Yeah. Um, she like is doing a lot to educate people. People like her, not just her. There's tons, yeah. right? Yeah. Just people that are out there trying to actually educate the crowd. I want to see more of that. I yeah. want to see. Yeah, the education is a game changer. Mm-hmm. I would love to see the stigma around like cannabis use and parenting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. like the mom with a glass of wine, no big deal, but. Yes. Might yeah. Get looked at if you smoke and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who support that. I yeah. Agree. And I it's think, Im- yeah. it's important. I feel like every single time somebody says either one of those things, that's another stigma that somebody's hearing that's being broken. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. hopefully. And I I think in the last few years since we've gone medical in the state, like I see people in my personal lives um, 
changing their ideas mm-hmm. regarding the plant. So, yeah. like my dad. They're just being yeah. surrounded by yeah, a bunch yeah, of dispensaries. Like, oh, and, wait, yeah. this, I had this idea in my head about this person, and it doesn't fit what I think about them. Like, yeah. maybe I'm actually not right. Mm-hmm. Helps them sort through some personal yeah. things. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, it can make you a better mom or yeah. Yeah. a better employee, or, mm-hmm. you know. She, sure. she mentioned, you know, her dad, obviously I won't go into too many details, but he is awesome. One of the coolest people I've ever met. But in the beginning, we were so scared to tell him about our business. Yeah. So what scared. was his reaction when you told them? Oh my gosh. So encouraging. Like you got to understand we had the building completed before mm-hmm. I told him. Oh, wow. So what did he think you guys were doing? Well, he, I mean, I was still bartending at the time. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, job, okay. So, um, just work we, is normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This so is like, as usual. We have all these plans. We have our building done. We have our business name. Like, things are moving. Yeah. And he's like, you've got to tell your dad. Like, um, I love my dad. And I always think he's going to be judgmental. And he never is. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so we had gone down to their lake house. And he just recently started drinking alcohol, like, regularly, mm-hmm. like, at the lake. Yeah. Um, so he loves the White Claw. The lake will do it to you, yeah, man. Yeah, so <laughs> he's like, got two 12-packs of White Claw. So, you know, I had a couple <laughs> beers, and we're chilling, and Mark's like, you should probably, like, tell him now. And so, um, <laughs> like, time. so are you guys thinking, <laughs> of, we're, you know, it was in our plans to be buying a new house soon and stuff, and they asked about that, and I was like, okay, this is a good segue. So I said, well, actually... We're not buying a house soon because we <laughs> bought a building for weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. That was the gist. Pretty but, much. Um, he was just so excited and so curious. Like, yeah. asked so many questions and just he said, "If anybody's going to be successful with this guy, with this, I, I think it'll be you guys. Like, I really believe in you." And like, you know, every week when he calls me. He that's wants to know cool. how the plants are doing. Oh, that's awesome. That's, yeah. So. Yeah. That's a lot of support. Yeah. Um, that's it, cool. That it you, means a lot. That. And yeah. I hope that more people yeah, can look at it that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I think that's a really good example of somebody whose mindset has turned. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah. And so I'm, love I'd love to, to see it. more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well, guys, I think this wraps up our episode awesome. for today. We really appreciate you guys being here and thankful just for your good energy as always and sharing personal stuff and just being open and insightful for other people listening. Thanks for having us. And it was awesome to get to do this in person. Yes, I know. know. We love a second episode with people. That's like some of our favorite episodes. Yes. Yes. Part two with people. Yes. Maybe in a couple years we'll have a part three. Yeah. Maybe so. (laughs) Get ready. Guys, be sure to follow them for updates on what they're up to at Golden Hour Garden, okay, at oki.grower.girl for Chelsea's and at Okla underscore homegrow for Mark. <laughs> thank you both again so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. Stay tuned for next week. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. 
Scope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.